0: Welcome to Reality T Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we are going to be discussing Love is Blind. So, we're just going to go over what to expect with the Love is Blind episodes this time around. I have some hot goss, and I do have one quick announcement I'm going to put in the top of this episode. And yeah. And then we'll hop into episodes, into the episodes. So first things first, how we are going to be doing the episodes this time around. So you're going to get episodes seven and eight in one episode with me, just me. And then episode nine will be with Sharon. So I also realized that Sharon actually is not going to be on the last episode, which would be mostly the wedding episode, um, she won't be here, she'll be, she'll be on vacation, so it'll be just me, um, I don't think I'll be able to have anyone else on, um, but it'll it'll be probably just me, but we'll have her on, I'm assuming I'll have to talk to her, but we should have her on the finale, we, we we'll talk about that, um, so that's what's kind of happening, um, but then, yeah, that's that. We'll just do the quick announcement, and then we'll hop into the hot goss, which is Love, Bl- Love is Blind related, which is why I'm gonna put it here. Um, so announcement new website, which I have announced, which has gone on um, some of the show notes already, for example, for 90 Day Diaries, for Bachelor, it's there. Uh, I am going to be doing a new outro very soon so that that can be included now in the outro you should start actually hearing those with these episodes. We'll see how that goes. But yes, new website which is now uh dot two all spelled out dot podpage dot io that is it and uh You can still have access to the other website, which was the solo.to one or slash reality times two. You can still have access to that website. It's just, it won't be updated anymore. I'm not going to be using that one anymore. The main one is that new one where there'll be updates with episodes or shorts, all of that. Everything will be updated there. So, that's basically it for the announcement. Let's hop into some hot gods, which is, like I said, a Love is Blind related. So, Matthew from Love is Blind wants to let you guys know that the edit for his for him sucked. It wasn't great, didn't really portray him in the greatest of lights. And here's what he has to say about it. He says, quote a key element of my story that was never disclosed is that I live an alcohol free lifestyle and did the experiment sober. I'll leave my thoughts to the end. He further on what to explain. This was on an Instagram post, says quote, it was a key factor in why I had so much difficulty connecting with women in the beginning. According to Matthew, the reality series first batch of season six episodes featured many misrepresentations and falsehoods created, in my opinion, to smear my character. He then further went on to say, I look forward to telling my side of the story with the full truth at the appropriate time. Well, probably, we might see in the reunion. In a follow-up comment, Matthew clarified that he never walked out when a woman was talking despite what the show suggests. I don't know about that. And here's why. I'm pretty sure that lady was Sarah Ann that we're talking about. She literally said, is he gone? Thank God. You know, he left. He walked out. Good for you. Good for him. trying to make it sound good. But there's also a little more, a little more information that we weren't given, which I'm kind of surprised by only because I was getting through it. So earlier this month, I love this one contestant named Sunny Haralaka. Or, or I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. Anyway, I Matthew of ghosting her in the dating pods, claiming he was also dating her while he was pursuing Amber and A.D. She says, quote, the convo I wish Matthew had with me before he ghosted me in the pods, which was a caption off of her TikTok video, featuring herself lying on a couch with a glass of wine. The post featured a male voiceover seemingly reciting a breakup speech, stating, quote, "I don't think we should be together, and I've thought about it a lot. And this, and this is what's going to happen. I'm going to keep pursuing what I'm pursuing, and, and because I'm doing that, it's going to take up more of my time." In the post caption, Sunny noted that Matthew didn't even say bye to her before he exited the series. Matthew has not publicly commented on Sunny's claims. So basically, what I'm thinking here is he was seeing both of the uh, all three of these women, and because things didn't work out great for Lady, and then Amber left, and then he's also talking to the Sunny girl. He is up and left, and then he was a shit to Sunny. Wow! <laughs> but honestly, I want to be crying about it. You've dodged a bullet, honey. Um, here's also going to to say why this wasn't included in the edit. I don't know. Why can't we see a love square? That would have been great. Um, it would have made him look more like an asshole. So why didn't we put this in? But at the same time, Matthew's comments on being sober during this process, you would think that doesn't change your personality. That doesn't change how you approach things or how you deal with things. You, if anything, have a, a like up because you're clear-headed through all of this. And instead, you look nuts. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand him trying to say, I was sober throughout this process, makes him look better. It doesn't make you look better. There are people in life who lead sober lifestyles and don't come across like him. So, yeah, he can sit here and say all he wants that the edit didn't help him, but I personally think it's just, it's just Huser. <laughs> That's basically that. So I do have more hot costs, but I will save it until the end of the last episode with Sharon, because I think think it makes sense for us to talk about it with what happens in that episode. So no more to talk about. We're going to hop right into Love is Blind, Season 6, Episode 7, Silence Speaks Volumes. So, Jimmy and Chelsea, so how I'm basically going to be doing this, because I think this is the episode where we go back over to um, Charlotte. So, basically what I'm going to be doing here is, I'm going to be doing everybody before we do the group time, and then I'll be doing everyone after group time. Obviously, we'll be doing the group time too. And then we'll move over to um when they are going back to Charlotte, as much as there's any information I want to talk about. So Jimmy and Chelsea, he wants to make sure after the night before that he doesn't put her in a position where she feels uncomfortable, because remember guys, she was uncomfy, um, or hurt, so she tells him, I just want to feel heard when I tell you that I am hurt, She basically wants to feel validated, which again, understandable, that's understandable. I hear, I hear that. You want to hear, you want to be validated. I, I don't know how I would feel if in um, arguments or disagreements or anything like that. I don't know. I wouldn't like not feeling validated. That is totally understandable. Is this how her approach is? And you literally just threw him out there and said, deuces. And like, mm, Yeah. There's just certain conversations that you have to yourself, between amongst yourselves. You then don't take that conversation and throw it out there to somebody else. Like if my boyfriend would he, he would never, but if he were to say this to me, oh, that girl is stacked or something, I would be like, sure, yeah, okay. And then say, can you not? and leave it at that, I'm not gonna throw him out to the wolves, and this hopefully survives, I'm not gonna do that, that's just not how I operate, but that's how she operated, now it's not, I don't know, I don't know, maybe my views are a little different, but that's just, yeah, but anyway, let's move on, All right, so Brittany and Kenneth. So they're just, you know, going over the couples, you know, saying, you know, how they feel about each of the couples and all that. He tells her about his conversation with AD. So I actually had issues with how she approached it initially. She kind of seemed to come around afterwards, but I wouldn't have thought so. She kind of says, well, because it kind of says, again, like, about the fact that, well, you know, we are potentially, we you know, going to have children, interracial children, you know, how she may feel about having Black children. And she kind of makes a comment that, like, well, I just hope that, you know, people... Are going to come at this in such a way where they don't think that she has an inability to raise black children, and she hopes that people kind of come at her, come at it with like kindness. I hear what she's saying. I definitely do. I do think that people should come at her without the air of "you can't do something, you can't do X, Y, and Z." But they are legitimate questions to ask because as we kind of find out, I don't know if it's in this episode or the next episode, she's never actually really been with black men before. And all that entails it's not an easy thing to I mean I I mean I have been in interracial relationships, but it's been a minute. <laughs> since I've been in an interracial relationship, but it's not an easy thing to navigate how a child is going to navigate their life. They're going to go through a good chunk of their childhood just being children, but there is going to come a time when they're older, they're discovering themselves, discovering who they are. They are going to go through that and they are going to need both parents, to help them through that to the to whatever extent they need? And how are you going to navigate that? And then how are you going to navigate the fact that people are going to have potentially things to say because you have Black children? How are you going to navigate that, you know? And that's the other thing. How even Kenneth is going to navigate having interracial children as well. It's not just her, but I am going to direct the questions at her. Edie is going to direct the questions at her because she is, it's just different. I, I know maybe it's, I'm not explaining it right, but it is different for Black people with seeing a white person with a person of a different race. In particular, in this case, Black pac man. So, how are we going to navigate that? And that's like, I, I don't, I didn't really appreciate her coming defensively. I just, I just didn't. Um, I mean, look at Sophie, for example. She is an interracial girl. And yet, she, to me, appears to hide her blackness is that because she didn't have her father around to help her navigate through being a mixed race girl, is it her mom didn't do the right things to make sure that she, you know, felt comfortable in her skin? I don't know, but I do find that, in, in you know, interesting. I have full alert have a half-sister who is who is biracial, and, but she, it's a long story that I'm not going to get into, but she may have not had my father throughout most of that, most of her life, but she did have the influence of Black people in her life, whoever that may have been, She does have another sister who is also biracial. So it's just like she had that and she was able to figure out where she fits and where she identifies. And that is a journey I think at least not all, but maybe some biracial people go through. So yes, these are fair questions to be asking her. And I just didn't like the fact that she was, you know, she was being defensive, I didn't like it, but yeah, and then the other thing too that I want, I I, I need her to stop fucking doing, is saying I identify as, you identify as black, I identify as white, I need her to stop saying the word identify, you don't have a choice as to what you are, you are not, you can't identify as white, you are white, he can't identify as black, he is black, even if he wants to pretend he isn't, because I mean, I have definitely come across people who want to pretend they're not. Um, it doesn't change the fact that you are black or you are white or you are whatever other race you that's out there. You are this. I hate the word identify. Maybe that's just me being picky, but I hate the word identify when you're talking about race she needs to not. She needs to stop with that. Anyway, with that said though, she does seem to be aware of the challenges that could happen with respect to being in an interracial relationship. So that's great. He does tell her, you know, that, you know, my people are definitely going to be great to you. But they are going to have questions. Yes, of course they are. Especially because this man has never been with a white woman before. Or whatever yeah, No, actually, let me rephrase. He has never dated outside of his race before. He's never dated an Hispanic woman. He's never dated a white woman. He's never dated. He has never dated outside of his race before. So yes, they are going to have questions for him. They are going to say, you sure? Are you good? this is what you see for your future, they've never seen you date outside the race before, so like is are you sure, they are gonna have those questions, and then they, it's not a hit on her though, because there's a difference, there's an absolute difference, it's not gonna be a hit on her, they're not gonna say to her, oh, you know, we don't like her because she's white, no, no, not no one's doing that, but they are going to make sure that he is comfortable with his decision. Because he is going to encounter challenges in the future. They both will. But, um, you know, the other thing to be sure, that's what friends do. That's what your family does. That's what, that's what your people do for you. And they will do the same for her as long as it doesn't come off racist, it doesn't matter because I think there's still fair questions on both sides. He, um, he tells her that, you know, his people definitely are going to want to see her. So yeah, now we kind of see them going like swimming, snorkeling, whatever. And Kenneth seems very quiet. And, and I I think we can all agree on that. We must have gone It's just long minutes (laughs) or seconds of them not talking at all. There's no dialogue. She's talking, but he's not. And this is very awkward. And I'm like, "This this is this is this is not looking good. And then all of a sudden he gets very excited because he sees dolphins. Apparently, he loves dolphins. He went swimming with a dolphin once. The dolphin's name was Ken. Well, and ever since he has loved dolphins. And you know, he acknowledges here in this moment that he's like, the dolphins got me talking, and yeah, the dolphins definitely got him talking, and he's talking about his experiences with swimming with dolphins, and then they kind of go into a conversation about physical touch, and maybe the fact that there isn't a lot of it, and, and, you know, I mean, you know, high his views on it, and he says that he does like, or loves it, he says he loves physical touch, and I did right here, because I got out of the moment for a minute, what was happening in the background? You just hear, like, someone on a on an amp just going off, <laughs> like, Jesus, taking me out of here, but let's go back to it. So, she tells him, you can touch me more. He didn't actually know that she loves physical touch. So, what were you all talking about in the pods? Like, is this something that you guys will talk about? or even since seeing each other, would have talked about at some point that you both love to have some physical touch in your life. Like, I don't understand. He just says, like, he didn't want to smother her. And she felt like his lack of physical touch meant that he wasn't into her. And she's like, yes, you know, also... Definitely you can get too much physical touch, too much affection, but like she's not getting any fun sounds of it. Um he he says that he's been told in the past that he can be overly affectionate, which is where she says, like, of course that can happen, but you know, you wanna get there first. Um and then they kinda just lie down, cuddle, and we're off to a great start. And she then says here, in which I had to write down, she says, you have big hands. And he says absolutely nothing. Nothing to that. But what I did want to say is, Yeah, girl, listen, most most men do have big hands. And then you add, some most black men have big hands too. And uh good luck to you with them hands. certain situations but you know anyway but you can't even really get there because like he just doesn't respond to it he says nothing and then we get another scene with them very quickly and she's like what do I appreciate the fact that he is OCD just like me and I said you're not OCD you just you like to be clean you like to be organized that does not necessarily mean that you are OCD, but anyway, Annie and Johnny. So they're going horseback riding. Honestly, there's not a lot about them to really talk about. I'm just telling you that right now, just not a lot here, but I will pick up. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so they're going horseback riding. Their butts and legs are hurting after it, and she does tell him after that it's going so well that it actually makes her nervous. And he tells her he kind of wants to have a fight, get on with it, get over it, so that they have at least had their first fight. They have at least know how they all navigate that together. But I understand when he's saying, I've definitely, I don't, I think both my last more serious relationships the one currently I'm into. Both of them got me mad on purpose because it wasn't happening. Because you're, you're in bliss. You know, you're discovering each other. It's all new. And um, you know, you're having sex too. And that's just puts the bliss even more in there. And my both of them had a fight with me. My ex. Word of caution, men, if you do decide to do that, word of caution. My ex decided to have that, do that argument with me, literally, maybe about a week or so after we had sex for the first time. And the timing was all off. Not great. And because we also had waited, I, uh, the emotions were heightened with that experience with him that I never experienced even before or even after and it was bad timing that it made me think oh my god he hated it for me to didn't find out it was all fake and I'm like what the fuck is he he went dirty but anyway it I understand this approach Personally, I don't like the approach because the fight will happen when it's supposed to happen and you'll figure out how you navigate. But anyway, just not for me, but that's basically it for them. Before the beach, Clay and a D. So he says to her that he wants to have, you know, red light kisses and all of this. I'm like, ugh. Anyway, they're going to get some food, and he's so fucking, I can't, he's like, well, let me see the ring, I love the playing, and all this, I'm like, oh, gosh, shut up, but anyway, I also wrote here to just add to this man is not very smart, is that he didn't know that Martha's Vineyard is by water, and I said, okay, I have not even been to Martha's Vineyard, honestly, guys, spoiler, I haven't even been to the States. I will. One day it's gonna happen. I will. But even I know that Martha's Vineyard is by water. Are you kidding me? My god. Anyway, so he says that he's never had interest to go to Massachusetts. Well, you better find the answers now because she is from Boston, I believe. So you better figure it out. Who doesn't want to go to Massachusetts? Who doesn't want to? I want to go to Boston. Who doesn't want to go to Boston? Not even that. Screw all that. I want to go to Salem. That's actually like the top of my list. I want to go to Salem. I want to go to Nola, and Charlotte. No, not Charlotte. Not Charlotte. Um, sorry guys, not Charlotte. I want to go to, um, I i so confused. Why does North Carolina both have like your major cities start with a C that I have to literally figure out if it's Charlotte or anyway, anyway, South Carolina. That's where I want to go. I want to go to the ghostly places. Take me there. Anyway, who doesn't want to go to Salem? He sucks. Anyway, So he starts talking about like his dad apparently is gonna be driving through on the way to Atlanta because he's moving to Atlanta and that's when he will meet AD. He says that, you know, my dad has swab he keeps saying that and he says then he's Guyanese and I said, ah Jesus, there we go. I (laughs) Guyanese men are different, y'all. They're different. Oh Jesus Guyanese and Trinidadian men are different. When they come, they, they, I mean, anyone in the, any man in the Caribbean is gonna hit different, but Guyanese men hit different, and I'm like, there we go, okay, yep, and they're also so dangerous, (laughs) so I understand how A.D. just got sucked into this, but I'm like, Guyanese men are so dangerous, but it's so good, (laughs) It's been a minute since I've been with a guy but I have. And Tartarian, too. Because I don't know what it is about them. They just hit different, but anyway. So, um, so yeah. He also says plantain wrong. Listen to me. I think I've said this before. It's not plantain. It's plantain. Anyway. So, they are now going to spend quite a bit of time watching him eat this fucking soup and he's just drinking it down and I don't know if she wanted some because she kept commenting on the soup like she maybe wanted a date There's not a man who is going to click in that he should share some I don't know and Then they focus on her watching him just chug the soup down and it's freaking hilarious. And then he does the black thing by putting the food in like one dish, all the scraps in one dish and then piling up the other dishes into one place and they will focus on her while he's doing it and I'm dying. Because that is the black thing to do is what black people do is what we do. And she's just staring at him and like, I mean, you don't do it at a restaurant, but I'm watching it. and I'm like, oh my God. And she's watching him and I'm just like, this is fucking hilarious. And she's like, "What?" It literally her face says, what the fuck is this guy doing? Anyway, he then kind of gets into this conversation of like how he doesn't want to let her down. You know this is kind of a big thing. This day is important to her, y'all. He said her, but you know there are no roadblocks necessarily because she asks, like, what's kind of stopping you? Kind of being into this, and he says there are none. He just doesn't want it now. He's he's never been in a serious relationship. That's when he's not telling her. So then she's like, "What the fuck just happened?" Because she's taking what he's saying and thinking, like, he doesn't want to do this anymore. But well, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that he doesn't want her down because he's been in a situation like this. Um, but the marriage thing, he says, it's in the back of his mind because... He's never actually seen a marriage be successful. Okay, He's so now seen seen we're talking before. about Jeremy. He and comes from a broken home, Laura, huh? which we so, will definitely get. She says last night he kind of iced her out. He didn't want to talk about the bean dip at all, and he actually slept on the couch. She tells him because they're talking about it now, and she tells him that she felt. Triggered by, by his reaction, and she says, like, she it made the whole thing of him bringing up their conversation made him feel embarrassed. She tells him that, like, if I'm telling you something as like a joke, but it's a joke that's meant between me and you, that then doesn't mean that you take the conversation and you tell. Others, which I think is definitely understandable. You know, like, I think we can all agree we talk shit to our partners. That doesn't mean then you take that shit and tell other people about it. Um, he just felt, you know, like, he felt like the biggest asshole. And, but he also says that. Because you're thinking, oh, he felt like an asshole because of the bean dip. Where actually he's saying, maybe partially yes, it was that. The biggest thing for him is he felt like an asshole because of how he treated her afterwards. That he could have handled it a lot better. And, yeah. And she says to him, like, just please don't ice me out. That cannot happen anymore because it makes me feel like I did something wrong when, you know, she kinda She did and she did it. She did because why does it have to come up at all? We have talked in length, um, with Sharon in particular about the massive sexualization of AD and also being the only black woman there. Um so it just you know. But at the same time, she also didn't do anything wrong because she's telling him in private, in confidence. She's just trying to share this funny thing with him. And then he took it and ran with it. Not great. Not great. So she feels better now. And it's basically that. It's basically that. But now we're heading in to group time. Yay. I don't know what we here to talk about, but we'll talk about a few things. So, they're having a beach day. And both A.D. and Laura, we find out here, are fucking, but let's not forget, so is Chelsea. Chelsea and Jimmy are also fucking. So, Jimmy is the first to talk to A.D. and apologize. He says that, you know, he says, but you know, the whole comment that I made that was heard around the world definitely helped me and Chelsea. And you know what? She is so happy that her ass was able to help their relationship. It's great. It's great. All right. So Johnny and Amy are not having sex with each other. And the reason behind why they are not, which we do talk quite a bit about in the ninth episode. So with Sharon. So I'm not going to go too in depth here because I actually recorded that first before doing this. Um, so we do get really into it in that episode, but he says that the reason he's not having sex with her is because she's not on birth control. He says that he's used to the women he has dated in the past be on birth control. He's actually surprised that she's not on birth control. mainly because of his ignorance, really. He thought that all women go on birth control. And and he has a conversation with AD, and and AD kind of says, like, well, everyone's, or me thing might have been Laura, actually, everyone's reasons for being on birth control is different. People's reasonings for not being on birth control is different. Um... At the end of the day, you are pumping hormones if you get hormonal birth control. You're pumping that into your into your body. Not everyone is able to even have non-hormonal birth control. If you are over a certain weight, you're not allowed to be on non-hormonal birth control. So everyone's reasonings behind why is different. And whatever her reasonings are, which they kind of do get into a little bit, is, is just, it doesn't even matter. She doesn't, it was just that I simply don't want to be on it. It's fine. And his kind of not wanting to be on, not wanting to have sex with her because of the fear, we again really get into in the ninth episode. I think we'll have a chance as well with just me to get into it because we're not quite there yet, but we really get a look into his fear of like not wanting to have sex with her without her being on birth control so Jeremy now is taking his turn to apologize to AD and he's like, you know, I." almost left because of it. But she just says that she's good. She's fine. She's over it. And, you know, Jeremy does ask about Clay at this point, and he actually offers her a little piece of advice. He says that, you know, he seems to be very introverted. And if he gets in those moments, just leave him be. He let him, because he's in this headspace where he's really thinking, And kind of leave him to it. It's nothing against you, something wrong with you. He just he needs a little space. That's it. And he actually gives her an example of when this happened. For um, he says, like, when they were going into the pods, and Jeremy kind of like was saying something to Clay, and he could actually see that he was pulling Clay out of this headspace that he was in. And he kind of in that moment realized, oh, he really gets into this deep, so I'm going to leave that alone. So Aidy actually really appreciates hearing this because she, I guess, thought maybe there was something wrong with her, Um, but there's nothing wrong with her. Mm-mm. There's nothing wrong with him. I mean, there's nothing wrong with him in the sense that he is wanting, he's getting into these head spaces, but... I still don't like him, so let's move on. Um, we see Jeremy sneaking up on Mora and gives her a kiss, scared the living shit out of her. And then Amy says that, um, she's not lived with anyone before, but she is a little scared about him meeting her father. He apparently was not for this process he seems to be a little more traditional and he he says for actually who were you talking to sorry i don't think i caught you she, she was talking to, oh jeremy i think he says for him laura is um kind of caught him into having those tough conversations he says with sarah ann it was kind of always fun you know she didn't really get into those kind of conversations, whereas before, you know, they tackled all of those things because they kind of wanted to know how they would handle things together, and, but he does say to Amy in this moment that he still thinks that he wants to meet Ann. and he thinks that they can still be friends no matter what happens, and Amy's kind of like, I'm going to leave my commentary out of this, but you know, she's thinking, the fuck? You can't fucking be friends with the person that you were considering marrying. And we definitely get into that too. We get into that in depth in the ninth episode and we will go in depth into that in the eighth episode when we get to it too, on how much I think that is not going to work. But that's basically it for the beach time. So then, um, now we're at the after-the-beach situation. We're with Chelsea and Jimmy first, and Jimmy says that he um, his least favorite part of the trip was the food. He apparently actually ate so much food that he bit his lip real bad at one point. Like really bad to the point where he was spitting blood. That's pretty disgusting. Um, but his favorite part was whipping her around in a vehicle. And she's like, Oh, that's romantic. Yeah, so romantic. Um, her favorite part was how, um, was this morning, which I don't remember if Tim mentioned what happened that morning. But anyway, he's not nervous about going back to Charlotte. Um they are doing just fine, y'all. Just fine. Right. And now with Amy and Johnny and he asks what is your biggest um your biggest pet peeve about me? And she says at first, like, nothing, but then he's like, guess what? Chicken butt. Something that we all did as children. Me, to pick guess what? Chicken butt? Yeah, children. And she's like, you know what? That might be my biggest pet peeve because you say that all the time. And that would be mine too. And she feels like the biggest lesson in life for her is that she would really make her parents or she would get her parents very much involved in her relationships, and that happened too much. Um, And she's kind of, she says she's gotten better with that, but she worries that her family will still try to insert themselves into her relationship. And she says again, at the end of the day, like, as much as I want to be sure that I'm not being influenced by them, it's kind of hard to not be influenced by them, especially when we're talking about potentially getting married. So he understands this though, because he says like, you know, of course, like your family's opinions matter. So it will be hard for him to not even be influenced by how his family will feel about her. So, um, yeah, that's basically it for Amy and Joni. We don't see, but I don't have anything much to say about them again after this. So now we are heading back to North Carolina. So Brittany and Kenneth, once they're back in Carolina, oh, Carolina, North Carolina, um, she is kind of asking, like, okay, so are we ordering out or... What and he, he um he's like, well, we're in a new place. You should cook. He's like, so I can't enjoy the new place. I gotta cook too. But she didn't seem to have like a huge issue with it. But I'm thinking, you can't cook. You can't get up and cook some food. She has to be the one to cook the food. Okay, all right. Because of course, though, because the issue is is now everyone has their devices, and we see a very con like a very. A huge difference between both of them. And she is immediately doing all the stuff. She's getting like the place like situated, putting things in their place, while he is just on his phone. And she tells him, like, don't look at your phone too much. But I'm like, girl, he's already been looking at his phone a lot. And she asks him, like, while I'm packing her stuff which side of the dresser do you want? Do you want left or do you want right? And he doesn't actually respond to her. He doesn't say a fucking thing to her. And she just picks the left. She just does it. <laughs> um, and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go downstairs. And he goes downstairs. And you're thinking, oh, he's going to go do something. No, he is just going to be on his phone some more. That would drive me insane if you're constantly on your phone to a point where you're not seeing the bigger picture, and he actually did comments on this where he realizes that maybe, you know, there was, he's very introverted himself, maybe not realizing that he processes a little different, but that's, you should know in hindsight that You being on the phone constantly isn't great. Anyway, that's basically it on Kenneth and Brittany. Clay and AD are now at their place, their new place. And for him, he says his couch needs to be real comfy so that he can fall asleep easily. On the couch. And you can tell she's not one to have a man's feet on her lap. Why? What's the problem? If you could put your feet on his lap, it will be the same. But, anyways, she's on about it. And she apparently talked to everyone about her being now engaged, and they are all ready to meet him. His parents know about him being engaged mom loves her name, she's ready to meet him, says dad was kind of shocked, but he'll be, he'll be good, and he, um, he's like, he might flirt with you, but, you know, it's fine, that's not fucking fine, I'll be like, who the fuck, don't fuck, no, but anyway, we do find out that he has his dad, was cheating on his, on his mom. Like, all he did was cheat on his mom. And he's like, you know, my dad was small, my dad's small. And it's like, no, your dad's a fucking dog. But you're not going to say that. But your dad's a fucking dog. I'm sorry, but (laughs) I mean, maybe it's just different for daughters but i feel but i can't even say that i feel like there are some sons who would feel the same if my father if it was well known my father cheated on my mother which my father did definitely cheat on my mom at least at one point It's to be determined for the others but who cares at this point it's not great to hear that but he's over here praising his father Mm, me, when I found out, again, I was small, so it doesn't make a difference now, but when I found out my dad did cheat on my mom, I'm like, well, why the fuck would you do that? That's not okay. I'm not over here saying my dad was suave and saying my dad was a player. <laughs> so, like, yeah, And probably still would be if he wasn't you know, ill. Like, come on. That's not great. But anyways, he says that his dad would actually take him on some of his quote unquote trips to other women to whom he was fucking. And this is why Clay has some issues. This is why. Cause he's taken those things and thinks that's how things should be. Um uh, but um him and his his parents were married for twenty five years. The part here that I thought was actually very interesting that I thought he's not wrong, unfortunately, and I think we need to do better. But he says I've never seen black men be faithful. I don't know what that's like to see black men be faithful he's like, even the celebrities you look up to, they're not faithful. He's not wrong. There isn't one black man that I can think of who was actually faithful. Not one. The men that I, I mean, maybe my grandpa, but I don't know. But I think we're going to be talking about a particular generation of black men my dad wasn't faithful. Men I've dated, even the one I'm currently with, have not been faithful. Celebrity men have not been faithful to their women. He's not wrong. And it's fucking sad, because we need to do better. Black men, we need to do better. It's not worth it to cheat on the person who you say you love for what? Be faithful to your women. Be faithful to them. And if it's not working, if you're not happy, then break up and then go do what you want to do until you find the right one. It's just, he's he's not wrong. I hate to say it, but he's, he's not wrong. So the only other thing we have now is Jeremy and Laura, now that they're back in, in Charlotte, we're just kind of exploring the new house. And he says that he, she says that if he is meth- messy, she will marry him. But that's not going to be a problem for more reasons than we know. Um, He's a very clean person. They actually talk about their, their, pro- like, what they can tolerate and what they won't tolerate and he won't tolerate dishes in the sink. He doesn't like and I agree with him. That's laziness. Don't have a dirty dish in your sink. Clean the dish. But anyways Um he had like dishes in the sink and he's like, what about you? What do you not like? Well she's like I've got a few. That's a tight. She says Um Number one hair in the sink. No. I don't want to see your face hairs in the sink. You going to clean that shit down. That's a true fucking statement. Number two, food around the house instead of just throwing it out. Don't like that. Don't do that. Again, more gentle. Don't like that either. Number three, don't leave the lights and the TV on if you're leaving the house. Don't do that. It's just an energy waster. Again, that is true too. Yep. And number four, I don't like spit. I don't like spit at all, don't, No, so don't spit in my mouth when I have sex, don't spit on me, like don't, I'm kidding, I don't know exactly what she meant, but she just doesn't, she doesn't like spit, she doesn't like it, no spit, ew, but I think that's it for this episode, it's a pretty long episode actually, but that is it. We're gonna take a quick break here. As as we're gonna do the next episode of this episode. Um, so hang on tight and we'll be right back to do episode eight. And we are back. So we're gonna jump into episode eight. I think that's gonna be pretty long, but so it's episode nine. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to just jump right into episode eight. So, we kind of don't have any group time with, I think, anybody in in the next couple of episodes. So, this should be pretty simple. So, let's do episode eight called Clinging to Love, Chelsea and Jimmy. So, we are seeing each other's places at this point. And we meet Chelsea's roommate Tiffany, who he says she's a lot. I don't wanna live here. <laughs> um so yeah, that's that then we go to his place. The coolest thing there is that his laundry room is in his closet. That is definitely convenient. Um so now we're back at their place, he's working, her friends are here, and they're gonna be meeting Jimmy a little later once he's off of work. So Chelsea mentions here that Jimmy was a hot commodity. A what? She said like everyone was dating Jimmy, everybody wanted Jimmy, and I'm like, Where, when, how, why? There was two of you who were serious he was serious with, who else was he dating? I mean, I think he did have, like, his first date with Laura, I believe, but, like, that doesn't mean they were dating, and that does not make him a whole commodity. Again, she has to, like, over-exaggerate things to make herself feel better. But anyways, um, we then kind of dive in a little bit about Trevor then um she kind of says like you know he's kind of exactly the the type that she would go for he has the mullet and all of this like from what she knows she is what he would she would go for we get into a lot of interesting comments interesting things regarding trevor in the next episode so definitely stay tuned for that one, which you will get, um, after this one, but, yeah, um, Timmy's kind of talking about Jessica a little bit, and the fact that he obviously had a connection with her, too, and we find out that, um, because he does now know what Jessica looks like, she, he saw her on Instagram, and apparently he's been on his phone quite a bit, the well. bone. Um, but yeah, then she kind of goes into how, oh, he hasn't kissed me today and all of this. And she's like getting in her head and this is kind of where, you know, Jessica's kind of brought up and, um, and all of that. But they do talk about, okay, like, what about the physical? And I mean, they're definitely getting physical, um, because they're like, we noticed he has kind of he's pretty big shoes. So yeah. But anyways, here comes Jimmy to meet the friends and they tell him that you're the typical type that she would go for. But they also confirm one of the friends confirms that people do think she looks like Megan Fox, which is beyond me. But what was funny was that the friend confirmed that she looks like Megan Fox after she said Carrie Underwood. She also doesn't look like Carrie Underwood. But anyways. So now, um, we are, the friends are gone now at this point. It's just Chelsea and Jimmy. And we found out Jimmy has definitely passed the test with her friends. She says that she, um, was wondering, like, if he was okay today, because, like, it just seemed like you were in a mood, um, he's, like, um, like, you know, you could give me a little more, or whatever, like, basically telling him, like, how he should be greeting her when she comes back, and, like, being all affectionate and shit, like, things that like just initially sure, but eventually, is not gonna keep happening. And then Jesus says, like, you know, you haven't kissed me today and all of this. He's like, well I was working, you know, I'm I'm working. He's like, just because I'm home doesn't mean like I can constantly be up your ass. And but he does like say, Well I mean since we're on the topic though, I did kiss you today. I kissed you on your um forehead this morning. I kissed you on top of your head before your friends got here because you already had makeup on to burn your makeup or anything like that. Like I did, I did. I just, you know, but again, I think like she's saying, you didn't kiss me on the lips. And that's every, all the other things isn't kissing her, I guess. Like it, it is, it's affection, but it's not enough for her. But, um, he um kisses her then you know whatever and then jessica's brought up and he says listen jeremy brought up jessica and he saw the instagram and whatever and all that like it was jeremy who brought it up and he says like she looked like a kardashian and he fucking loves it and actually i don't really think she looks like a kardashian she doesn't look like a kardashian Sure, she's, you know, probably has fillers or whatever, but she doesn't look like a Kardashian. Confused by that. But, anyways. Then she says, um, sorry to interrupt, but even how you say you love me is wrong, apparently. Like, she doesn't want him to say love you or love you too. He wants, she wants him to say, I love you, which, again, I feel it's just a childish thing. Again, I approach things differently. But it was the kind of it was that girl who would tell my ex, don't say you love me, don't say I love you too. Say I love you. I love you too, because why can't you just say that I? And he knew that bothered me. So he he would make the effort to make sure he said, I love you, or whatever. Now between me and my current boyfriend, we will obviously say, like, I love you, or whatever, but, like, if he's leaving, or whatever, and he'll say love you, or I'll say love you, or whatever, he'll say I love you too, it doesn't take away from the fact that I know this man loves me, and will do anything for me, and vice versa. You have to get to a mature spot in your life to be like this is mincing and she hasn't gotten there yet. But she says, you know, his behavior not only today but also yesterday has been off. It's not like it just was happened today. It was, you know, it's. He's trying to make it seem like his demeanor has just been because he's been back at work um, today, but really she's trying to say like it's not just today, like it was also the day before. She says that um, she wants to feel the love and she's not feeling it. And he says, well, I can't tell you that I love you 24 hours a day, which again, true. I don't say to my boyfriend, I love you Oh my God, I love you. Oh my God. Are you kidding? He would be so sick and tired of it. He, he, and again, we all have our moments because even I think a while back, I was constantly, I hadn't seen him for a while and I was missing him and I would tell him, I miss you. I miss you. And eventually he's like, what's going on? Like, this isn't like you to constantly tell me you miss me. What's up? And, you know, whatever. We all have our moments, but to constantly, give someone validation. Number one, it's not realistic. Number two, it's just, it also just doesn't feel authentic, either. And then he says, truthfully, you're being, you're being clingy. And she's like, oh my God, I'm clingy? You're calling me fucking clingy? (laughs) She's like, that's rude, and says like, "I have told you I love you all the time." And she's like, "I I, I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from you because he's, he's trying to like say things." And she's like, "I don't want to hear from you," and she's like, "Um, I don't want to be with someone who thinks I'm clingy." She's like, "Well, then expect less from me because like you think I'm clingy." and she's like, maybe I should go to my place, but then she says, she starts, like, digging more about Jessica, and whether or not, like, like, that was supposed to be her pick, and all, like, his pick, and all that, and she's like, I'm clingy, I cooked for you, I watched your stupid show, and then I had sex with you, I'm fucking clingy, and then he's like, well, you know, since you I want to be on the sex conversation. You, you wanted to have sex, and honestly, I could use a breather on that too. What? At that point, she walks away, and he ends up actually leaving. He goes to his apartment. But let me say this: I could use a breather on that too, sir. Sure. If my, and I've been here, I have been here, (laughs) I have been here with my ex, where he said the same thing to me, I could use a breather, we have sex too much. Where it's like, this is coming from a man who when we met said that his sexual appetite is never satiated. But you're trying to tell me that we have sex too much? I have, The day my man says to me, we have sex too much, I'm literally going to, I'm going to have to take him to a mental hospital to find out what's going on because that's not normal. Men have sex and they usually like to have a lot of it. So the fact that he's literally telling her, I could either a breather from that too, he's not in this. He either he is not in this or he is feeling so smothered that even the sex aspect of it is too much for him it's one or the other, but for a man to say, I can use a breather on that too, whoa, (laughs) it's like, okay, like something is not right here, but, but that's basically that we do get the conclusion in the next episode of this argument, but next, Next, we're with Clay and A.D., and I don't think we actually get a lot from them in this episode. Um, I think this is actually the only thing we get, Um, but we're at his place, and y'all, he has a vision board. I was not expecting him to have a vision board. She also has a vision board, but it's on her phone, but he has a physical vision board. I am shocked. Oh, wow. Anyway, his closet is other is also color coordinated. He's better than me. my closet is not even color coordinated. It wouldn't make any sense though because I have a lot of dark colors anyways in my closet but anyways um they're kind of deciding that they might live at his place because he actually owns his home whereas she does not um so they're kind of opting to kind of move to his place after they get married but um yeah, I think that's it for Clay and AD. hopefully. Hopefully I didn't get that wrong, but I think that's it. Now we have Jeremy and Laura, so they're going to be going to his place, and he has a home gym in his garage, and she's like, of course you do. He actually used to have long hair, like actually like to his shoulders, and he's like, do you think I should do that again? She's like, no, I don't think you should do that again. Um, Sweet thing here, actually. It looked like actually, I'm like a news article of some sort, but he has like this news article up that has a picture of his dad and him. And he's like, who knew those actually the last picture that I was going to be taking with him? So that's, um, yeah, it's kind of sweet. Um, so then we go inside and his iRobot is going. His house is absolutely immaculate. To so, um, Kind of a scary level actually. Um, but before we get into that, there's actually a the note left by his mom. Um that's actually directed to both of them, not just him. So that's kind of sweet. Um and she looks through like the cupboards and she's like, This looks stage. And he's like, I'm a minimalist. Like, I live within my means no, y'all, spoiler alert, I think he might have just moved in. <laughs> if you want more information on that, go to the next episode. Um, When the next episode comes up, you will get some understanding on that one. So she is actually pleasantly surprised on how clean he is. Then she opens the fridge and she's like, why well, is everything to like the front of the fridge? And he says, Well, I actually turned the labels to face the front of the fridge so I know what they are. Like, he, okay. I'm going to finish up with this. I want to give my thoughts. She says, Um, okay. He's kind of so organized and immaculate to kind of like a serial killer vibe so, yeah. But, um, we do see the sleep app machine, and it is very quiet, so we're good there. But the thing that I wanted to say is this level of everything has to be a certain way. He had the labels facing the front, so he knows what they are. It gives me the vibes of that movie with Julia Roberts that I actually, I can't remember the name of it, but I'm going to figure it out because it's been bugging me. Sleeping with the Enemy. That's the movie, Sleeping with the Enemy. So good. But when he mentioned the facing the labels to the front, it gave me those vibes of he has to have the towels a certain way. He has to have didn't he also have to have the labels facing out? Didn't he like didn't he also have to do that too? Um because the indication of when he was actually in the home, like when he found her, wasn't that what triggered her to know he was there it was because the labels were facing the front of the cover, like so he knew what they were. That's what it gave me. And I'm like, Laura, girl, run, run, fake your death. If you have to do whatever you have to do, it's like she did and sleep with the enemy. But oh my, but anyways, that's basically it for this episode for Laura and, and Jeremy to be continued from the ninth episode. So now Kenneth and Brittany, we are at his place and he, she likes the place but he says like it is kind of small so you know whatever um but he goes right to his phone right to his phone like he's she's talking to him and while he's talking to him he's on his phone it's fucking rude but um she says that um she is feeling good but she does feel the distance yeah the fucking phone girl anyway, but it feels like there is like, like there's no sense of peace. For example, she says like, you know, they wake up. She says good morning to him, apparently. And he just kind of rolled over. It was like morning, like with an attitude. And he says, I feel like you're overanalyzing the situation. He says like, we're not always going to be like on our, Peachy keen about certain things, or whatever, we are going to maybe wake up and be in a mood. And he's like, I understand that can happen for you, but like, where's my grace if that happens to me? And again, he is very correct. You're not always going to be, you know, going you know, to have like a good morning, babe, or whatever. Like, you're know, not going to have that, you know, but anyway. We do find out in the next scene that the night before, he had actually come home late, woke her up at 1.30 in the morning by turning all the lights, um, which woke her up and she had to actually get up at like 5.30 in the morning. And I'm thinking, I would have killed him. I would have murdered him. Problem solved. Don't fucking wake me up when I have to be up early the next morning. But he says, I just want to say goodnight to you. Great. But she wasn't pleased by this at all. But she says, you got home late. And she kind of maybe wants to dive into that a little bit. And he says, well, I went to go get my hair twisted. He actually met up with his mentor. And he's like, don't. Let me, you know, coming home waits. Once, alter your thoughts about me. But she then kind of jumps into how I don't feel like we crave each other, and she feels like like there's like nothing kind of happening on that front. And he's like. Well, for you maybe, because he says, "For me, I do crave you." He says, "I I try to be affectionate," and he says, "Was so like last night when I came home and woke you up at one thirty in the morning when you had to go to bed, wake up at five thirty in the morning." Um, I did come home, you know. He tried to, you know, get a little affectionate with her, get a little, get a little sexy. It's like, obviously not sex, but they they were. He was trying to start some. He wanted to be starting something. <laughs> and she kind of rejected him. She, she rejected him. And he's I didn't take that personal. He just kind of went on with it, whatever. And she says like, they barely kiss. They have a made out. And she says like, she is affectionate and she's not getting that from him. And he's like, no, I'm trying. You're not receiving there's a difference. And, um, she says, I think it's, um, it's been like tougher because she's never experienced not craving her her, her partner before, but just, yeah. I mean, personally, I don't understand not wanting, but if you don't want someone then you don't want that person and nothing's going to change that. Um, And she's like, I experienced that in the pot. She experienced the crave of wanting him like in the pots, but it just hasn't translated to the real world. And she wants that. She wants that crave to be eating at her. I know that feeling, but unfortunately it's not happening between her and Kenneth. And he says, well, Based on what I'm hearing, it's not enough for them to just get married um when there is no crave happening between them. It it, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. They're not gonna it's not gonna happen overnight. And it may not happen at all because for for what he says, he's like it should have been there. It should be like it's it's something that does it happens initially and if it doesn't happen initially, it's not gonna happen like I, I yeah, I can't think of any time where I've been in a relationship with somebody and I didn't want them immediately whether you wait or you don't like you want that person you want the person's hands on you all over you and if she's not having that then it's not going to happen. And that's not a we, that's a her situation. Anyway, so he says, this is not going to work. And he says, I want you to find the person that you are supposed to be with. So that is it. They've broken up. Um, she's crying. He, he does walk away, and she's crying. And he, we do kind of see that he calls a friend of his, saying, "I'm getting my stuff, and I am about to come over there." He has his own place. Where is he going? And who is he going to? I don't know. I can speculate all I want, but I oh, don't know. Found interesting, but anyways, that's basically it for them for most of this. (laughs) They're not getting married. They've broken up and they actually break up quite amicably. But yeah, I mean, I didn't mention this in the ninth episode too, but I felt like if they weren't going to work out, it wouldn't be because she's not craving him. That there is a miss step here with their connection. I thought, if anything, it would have been because of the race of it all for him. I was not expecting this, but I was partially right. Do I get that? Question mark? (laughs) Do we get that? But anyways, that's it for, for them. Amy and Johnny are next. Now this, this kind of Trigger warning for just fertility in general, because this kind of this conversation on his part kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. And again, we really get into it in the ninth episode with with Sharon. But obviously, I'm still gonna put my thoughts and feelings out in this as well. But we are at her place currently and she's a crystal girly, and she says, you're gonna love crystals too, (laughs) but they're definitely both on the same page with buying a house, wanting to do that, doing everything to save up for that, um, and he mentions here too that he wants to retire early, which means that he would rather they live, like, a more frugal lifestyle, so that he would be able to save up as much as possible in order into, you know, uh, retirement fund or whatever and I I know the name of it and it's not coming to me. Sorry guys, we don't have the same name of it here. But um yeah, so that's what he kind of wants to do. And he's like, are you good with that? And she's like, well um yeah, I'm fine with the timeline. I'm fine with all of that. They are definitely on the same page, but what about birth control? What about that? And he mentions here that he definitely has a fear of an accident happening. And she gets understandable, but she does give an example here. She gives a scenario, which I have done too. I think a lot of us have been in similar situations where you have to give a scenario and say like, what if X, Y, and Z happens? How are we going to feel about this? So she says, what if like a year from now, they do accidentally get pregnant? And yeah, sure, it's not ideal, but it could be done. But how do you feel about that? And he says, it's an absolute hard fucking no to any accidents happening when it comes to pregnancy. And then he says, like, well, or she says, you know, if there is a vasectomy, that is an option. And he says, well, yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, it shouldn't have to be all on you. Um, but she's never been on birth control before. It, I mean, I'm actually confused here, which I kind of brought this up with Sharon, but I didn't. She does mention that she has some sort of hereditary thing that can be passed on, and that could be why she's not on on the pill. But she mentions here that like gynecologists have actually said it would be ideal for her to be on on it, but maybe she's just not comfortable doing it. Um. But um, I don't, I'm not too sure that maybe I'm wrong there, but um. Again, they're not being intimate because he has such a major fear of, of having a nice and pregnancy. But we really dive into it in that episode, but I'll kind of say a little bit here so you kind of know what to expect. But definitely that's going to be a pretty good conversation. We really dive in deep with the fact that like, birth control is not foolproof. This night, this, this ignorance, Stance on. Oh, I thought everyone's on birth control because all my other girlfriends were on birth control. It's very ignorant. Not everyone is able to be on birth control, like I've mentioned also in the first half of this episode. It's not possible for everybody to be on on that. But this hard pass on. I am not going to be intimate with the person for whom I'm planning to marry because she is not on birth control or I don't feel comfortable using just a condom because they could break. But here's the thing, and I actually didn't mention this in in the next episode either. Number one, we did say this birth control is only 85% effective. People get pregnant on the pill all the time. Number two, condoms are actually more effective as long as they're on properly, they don't break, they are 99 or whatever percent effective. Either way, they are more effective than the pill. And if for some godforsaken reason the condom breaks, there's a lovely thing called plan B. As long as you take it within 72 hours after an accident happening, you're probably going to be fine the likelihood of you getting pregnant all on the pill is more likely than you getting pregnant after taking plan B. Now, plan B can lose its effectiveness too if you're constantly using it, but as long as you're only using it sometimes, then then that's more effective than using the birth control pill. But again, my thing is, why can't he use a condom? I, I mean, I speculate and I'm speculating here too. I feel like he doesn't want to use protection. I know we're of this generation where people don't want to use condoms, which I understand my ex hated using protect, using condoms. He hated it, which is why I took the matters into my own hands and I did choose to use birth control. But, um, and then with my my current partner, he too didn't like using condoms. But guess what? He did. Because when I did did decide for myself, I no longer want to be on the pill anymore. I'm coming off of it. He said, okay. And we used condoms. And guess what? We haven't, we didn't get pregnant, you know, (laughs) doing it that way. So we used condoms, we were pretty okay. And they never broke you know, they make commas different sizes. As long as you're getting, you're getting a size that fits you and you're putting it on properly, chances of the condom breaking is not, it, it can happen, but the chances of it happening is less likely if you're doing everything correctly. So I just, I don't understand this immense fear that, well, the condom can break and then But again, and I'm going to say this too, men, because I know you know the difference. Cause I mean, I've had a condom break on me too. And I know you all know the difference. When a condom breaks, you fucking know it breaks because it feels different. Wearing a condom versus going bare is different. So if a condom is breaking, To a point if it's if there's like a hole in the condom that's one thing, which that should not be happening, you you can sue. (laughs) But if it's the condom itself, not someone poking a hole in it. But and I don't think she would do that. She doesn't come across as a person who would poke a hole in a condom. She doesn't come across as that kind of person. But if a condom is breaking (laughs) mid-thrust it's not a little break. It's a break. And you're going to feel that. So if you're feeling something a little different, all of a sudden, oh damn, this feels good. Manage out the condom. Just make sure, just to be sure. Do you know? Like, it's just, I, I, I just don't understand. I've never seen a man this fearful of potential accident happening to the point where he's not having sex with her. I just, I just don't, I don't, I, i foreign to me, but anyways, I guess we'll figure out more about whether, because this could definitely make or break them, this if they don't figure it out, but that's basically it on Johnny and Amy, we do have one more scene to go through, so let's get into it, then we see Jessica and she's meeting up with Laura. So we find out from Jessica that the day after they had come back to Charlotte, Jimmy sent her a friend request, and then he rescinded the request hours later and put himself as private, which is like, what the fuck? But she says, seeing him, she says, if I get to see him, she definitely has questions for him. And she does ask Laura, like, does she think that like, Chelsea and Jimmy are in love? And she says, I think they are. I don't know. But she kind of said, well, let me finish this up with this, so making sense here. Actually, no, I can't do it that way. We have to do it this way. It makes more sense if I do it this way. So then Laura talks about Sarah Ann and the fact that Sarah Ann actually damned Jeremy. And y'all, she's got the receipts. She literally, because Jeremy showed her the messages. And she says, hold on, hold it, I say this face it this way, we need the light to hit it. Yeah, perfect. And she took pictures of the, of the messages and, or of the message. And the problem that Laura has is that he hearted or liked the message. And she says like, I wish he didn't do that. And he says, the reason he did was because he was like acknowledging the message, but he didn't respond to the message. And again, we kind of talk about this with with Sharon a little bit um, about that whole situation of him liking the messages, and it's just weird. We try to give him a little bit of grace because we don't know the timeline as to when this was bringing happening versus. When Instagram made the changes with the um the messages, the direct messages, and when they kind of connected both Facebook Messenger and Instagram Messenger. Um would you try to give them a little grace with that? <laughs> but it's still weird, because why did you have to acknowledge it at all? But y'all, not to worry, you know me. It's been a little bit since I've had to actually I've actually been able to do this since, I guess, toe actually. But I've got the messages, of course, I do. This is me, and here we go. This is how it how it goes. I wanted to thank you for the experience we shared together. Getting to know you, opening up to you, meant so much. I genuinely hope you're happy, and. Laura's like, adorable, right? This is great. I've seen no problem. Until, until we get the rest of it. And Sarah Ann is showing her ass of the kind of woman she fucking is. And this is it. Here we go. Let's finish. If there's ever a chance your mind is shifting in your choice, I would love the opportunity to meet you, regardless of whatever way you go. And I said, you're a bitch. You're trying to wreck someone's home. There's another choice word that I could definitely use in a negative connotation, but I'll leave it. And I'm just like, are you that fucking desperate for this man who's already chosen Laura? He already chose, and he didn't choose you. But this is gonna get a lot fucking worse, and y'all gotta wait until the next episode where we dive into that. But oh my god, so yeah, so yeah, like I said, Taz was smart, and just like I said, so I don't know, man. I I think like he's he's doing everything right. I'm Team Jimmy and Laura starts laughing, and she's like, what, what did I say, and she's like, oh shit, I said Jimmy, I didn't mean Jimmy, I'm a Jeremy, I'm team Jeremy, and, in outside, after the fact, she's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not over him, she's not over him at all, and she's like, listen, I did digging, I've done some digging on Jimmy and some of the women he's dated before. And she's like, I am definitely closer to what he's attracted to and what he goes for, not Chelsea. And I said, Jessica, you're coming in. And you're right. He is going to need an EpiPen to clear his hair away when he sees you. And it's never going to get old. <laughs> but that's it for this episode. Um, and that's it for our episode for this time. You are going to get episode nine in a separate episode with Sharon. And we really dive in onto everything that we've discussed too, because we we do. And yeah, but that's it for, for this episode. So if you like what you heard, please rate, Review the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, don't forget that I uh, you can also share us with everyone in your life if you really love this. And I do want to read those reviews. I'm definitely getting five star ratings, but I want to read those reviews. So send me those reviews, and I will read those four and five star reviews on the podcast. Also. We're on every one of your favorite podcast apps, every one of them, including, you can find us on YouTube at Times 2 If you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to either Facebook or Instagram at RealityTeaTimes2. You can also find us on Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, and Times 2 Pod. We also have our email, which is at realityttimes2 at hallmail.com. Definitely want to hear from you guys. And we also have our new website where you can listen to all of these episodes. You can review the podcast on there as well. You can connect with me in any way, all the stuff it's all there and you can find me there at ww.reality times two, all spelled out, um, dot podpage dot io. It's there. And don't forget, I also have my other podcast with my friend Mikkel, next week podcast, where we talk about all kinds of different topics. We are finishing up with our Black History Month series right now. So it's it's been great over there. Um, but you can find us on any of your favorite podcast apps over there as well, or you can also go to YouTube, um, and you go to Next Take Podcast, as well as our website, which is solo.to for slash Next Take Podcast. Um, so yeah, there's, with that, and that's basically that. And again, don't forget if all of this information is overwhelming, we do have all of the links, everything in our show notes. But that is it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye!